So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O. Today, Ms. H and I will be discussing Season 10, Episode 14 of 90 Day Fiance. In this episode, Igor and Nikki go horseback riding, Ashley and Manuel go to Niagara Falls, Sam comes clean about messing up his paperwork, Sophie and Rob just bitch about each other separately, Clayton and Annalie head for their wedding in Indiana, and Jasmine and Gino fight. Again. If you watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other podcast, Love After Lockup, okay, where we're covering the current season of Life After Lockup. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? I'm not doing too bad. We finished up our first semester, so hopefully I won't hear too much about um, grades tomorrow after I put the grades in. That's always oh, gosh. a disappointing thing. It's like, I saw you gave me a B. What, what could I do to get that up? And I'm like, not wait until the quarter is over? After, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. After grades are due? Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully for us, they uh, – Oh, I don't. I don't even think it was intentional, but our grading system was down for like a couple weeks, and so none of those students like had access oh, to yeah. it right when the grades were supposed to come out. And they, I got a couple emails, but that was it. I've actually been. I actually was have been hearing about like that as a theory of mm-hmm. like get rid of the twenty four seven grade book and just oh, have yes. just have the grade books update like every right. every week or two, and not have yeah. it be live would actually make kids a lot less stressed. Well, I was going to say, I thought it was intentional at first. And so Mm -hmm. I never even thought anything was wrong until the students came back to school after winter break and they were saying they still couldn't access it. And I was like, okay, that's weird. That doesn't seem Yeah, but I would be okay with that. Like, stop worrying about everything every second and scanning it. Well, it'll be updated regularly, but you don't need to be stressing about, did you put this in yet? Did you put this in? Did you put this in? What are you putting this in? Let's put this in. Yeah. Well, speaking of stress, let's move on <laughs> to a couple that has some stress pertaining to some news, and that's Citra and Sam. So they're riding with Citra's family, and Citra's dad, Herman, says he just wants to ride a horse out of some random, I guess that's what they that's associate just, with it's America. America, man. He's cowboys and yeah. horses, I guess. <laughs> Sam thinks that sounds like a good idea. So they all go to Sam's dad's house and Sam points out that he's been sleeping in another room. He wants to make it very clear to Herman, like, we have not been sleeping in the same room. Uh, Herman makes an effort. Oh, sorry. Sam's dad makes an effort to greet them in Indonesian. Uh, They sit down to uh, a dinner of fried chicken and potatoes. Citra's family puts a very small portion on the plate, and they seem somewhat hesitant to be eating this food. Citra says that American food doesn't have that much flavor, and Herman notes that Indonesia is very far and all the food is different. He says that they have more flavor and more vegetables, and it's spicier. Sam's dad says he's happier about them getting married now that he's gotten to know everyone and thinks that Sam is finally becoming mature and making adult decisions. Citra translates this for her family and Citra's dad smiles. The conversation turns to legalizing marijuana for some reason, which (laughs) Herman doesn't think is a good idea because if you recall, Herman is a cop. They discuss how serious it is in Indonesia to be caught with marijuana, which Herman says could lead to five years in prison. This makes Sam very nervous to tell everyone about his drug diversion program. They're all hanging out on the porch and the sisters then go inside. Citra wants Sam to use this opportunity to talk to Herman about his diversion. 
Citra is worried that Herman will not give his blessing when he finds out. Citra tells Sam to tell her dad about the diversion, and she says that she will translate. Sam tells Herman that he was caught with medicine, as he says. He's very careful not to say drugs, right? Yes, right. Mm -hmm. Medicine without a current prescription. Herman is like, seriously? You know what I do, right? And Sam is worried because Herman has a good poker face. Sam then talks about the diversion program, but he admits that he didn't apply in time. If he loses his court case, he will have to go to prison for six months to a year. Herman wants to know what will Citra do, and he is upset and is not afraid to call off the wedding. If Sam goes to prison, he will bring Citra back to Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Herman says that if he ever does illegal drugs, he will never let Citra marry Sam. Sam feels worse than letting down his own parents. He doesn't want to disappoint Herman, and he's nervous. Okay, do you think Herman understands exactly what <sighs> Sam had and was in possession of? Because I feel like no, medicine and like then Herman saying, if he's doing drugs, like I'm taking Citra back. Yeah, I was very unclear about what Herman actually, how much of a truth Herman actually knows about Sam's situation. Right? Yeah. Because- the way he was ta- – because he didn't say, if you ever do illegal drugs again, I'm right. taking Citra back. He said, if you ever do illegal drugs. It's like, well, buddy, that bridge has been crossed, right? Right. <laughs> like, right? That ship has sailed. And even just by looking at him or what yeah. does he think uh, Sam has done in the – like been to prison for in the past? He must know that, right? You would, you would, you would imagine so. But I also think it doesn't help that we saw kind of what the translation was, right? Yeah. And we saw him – Trying to, I don't know, he was going with the medicine and he was trying to be like, it's medicine that helps me stay clean and sober so I won't take painkillers, right? That's the way he was trying yeah. to explain it. And then they go to Citra and because, because you know, Herman asked, well, what, what kind of, you know, what did you have? What would you need medicine for? Because she translated medicine yeah. first. And he was like, well, what did you need medicine for? And, you know, he kind of tried to explain to keep him clean, to keep him sober. And she's like, it was painkillers. And I was like, no, right. that's <laughs> no, that's what he was trying not to take is the painkillers. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so like, that's what he would – that's what it seemed to be like. Well, you know, I'm a cop. Like, yeah, you were taking painkillers you didn't have a prescription for. Like that's illegal drugs. Like that mm-hmm. that crosses his line. It was like that's – I feel like he felt earlier – that like his dad was throwing him under the bus by like even talking yeah. about the problems he'd been in the past. But I really think that Citra really threw him under the bus, really, really botched it. I don't think she did it on purpose, but she really, yeah. really botched it by saying it was painkillers. Um, yeah, I just don't know because – and I wonder if it's one of those things where you just say something and how many times have we seen you yeah. know, situations where parents are like, we would not approve if blah, 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 blah. And then at the end of the day, they're approving and blessing whatever union and you're just kind of like, OK, well, that was just all talk. Right. And I wonder a little bit if Herman is kind of the same way because I feel like they're just so far down this path. And I mean, I feel like this is why people kind of stick together and just get married in the first place Mm -hmm. they're so far down this path that it's just like to undo or to go back is just like eh and then it's just easier to get married to them and decide later if you want to like stick with it or not right i mean at the end of the day you know we talk about always the talk about that 90 days isn't just it's just enough time well the only way to get more time is to get married 
Right? right. That's the only time they get more time together. Like they won't yeah. have more time together or another opportunity later down the road if if the 90 days runs out and you go back. Right. You have to apply for the visa all over again. They'll be on the other side of the world. And that just makes it harder. So like I feel like right. the ones that need that actually do need more time, they get married anyway because it's easier yeah. to get divorced when you decide no than it is to get married if you let the time expire. Right. And we've said there has never been a couple on this show that has not gotten married. Now, that's not to say that all the couples are still together, because certainly I feel like at this point, the couples are not this is not a good retention rate. Right. No, it isn't. But I do feel like this particular episode was trying to show and we'll talk about them talk a lot later show these people turning the corner oh i can see how they're getting to getting married now like yeah whether it's believable oh, or yeah, not is, is is different but yes I, I think he's talking about him however i don't think i think the one thing he's probably not just all talk about is if he's in jail because if he's in jail yeah. he's like why are you here what's the point of you being in america with a husband that's in jail or a fiance that's in jail. like just Right. And how uncomfortable for her because she's not even living. Well, Sam isn't living by himself, so she wouldn't be living by herself. It would be like she'd be living with Sam's dad. Like what an awkward situation. She might as well go home and live yeah, with her I dad for a while. Yeah, I feel like she would prefer to go back to Indonesia, especially, yeah. if, especially once you have, you know, I don't know, because we don't know what the, I don't know what the rules are about like, you know, there's a certain amount of time before they can go back and forth, right? Yes, it would have to be another visa is. to get. Um, because you would technically be in violation of this one, but she's But they could just reapply here. again. I yeah. mean, look at uh, reapply for a spousal Igor visa. and Nikki, you know? Oh, it's yeah. like he's this is their second they time on the K one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah, it's it I don't know. I think I think at the end of the day you're right. It's like one of those artificial road bumps. I just it, what really matters is what happens for his court, right? On yeah. his court date. All right, so let's talk about I feel like did we met we already mentioned them. I feel like we mentioned everybody else. So let's start with Gino and Jasmine. Oh, so Gino and Jasmine are back in Michigan, and it seems that uh she's at least getting her way in something because we see them unpacking their groceries and there's like lots of fresh vegetables around. So mm. not just box pizzas and hungry man's anymore. So they remind us that Jasmine came clean about Dane paying for her BBL, and this time she admits that it's her fault that things aren't going real well right now. Gino thinks that Dane is going to expect something in return for his money, but Jasmine's like, no, he's an altruist. This was just charity. He gives to charity. Look at what he did for you, Gino. But anyway, so Gino's issue is that she's even talking to Dane at all because they're about to get married and, you know, he can't talk to any of his exes. Why should she be allowed to talk to hers? No, 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 So she agrees that that's true for him since, you know, he sent nudes to his ex, so yeah, you definitely can't talk. But Dane is just a friend, totally different. Again, a friend that pays for your butt. So they showed us a flashback of all the, you know, uh, sexting, sharing of the photos and everything. And we come back from the flashback. Gino says – Gino kind of asks – I was very confused about what the plot point was because nothing was said about this. She just He just kind of says, well, did you do anything to provoke it? Which I guess is questioning whether he cheated – Jasmine did anything to provoke his ex sharing her nudes with um, Jasmine's employer oh and getting gosh. her fired. Um, so Jasmine, so while holding a knife – and they're very, very focused on this knife in her hands because he's like cutting salad. So she has like a, <laughs> a, a carving knife or just a kitchen knife in her hand. And like 
she's just like squeezing her knuckles are turning white as she's doing this just becomes you know jasmine style incredibly angry so there's a lot of screaming a lot of again focusing on the knife and then he asks her to stop yelling and consider if you know just maybe you said something that provoke that first that might have been part of this fight so Jasmine's response is that she wishes – and she just automatically goes to, well, I wish I would have had sex with Dane. That would have been oh, great because he was good at sex and you are not. Like that is another one of her classic go-tos is, the, you know, my ex is good at sex and you suck at it. So now Jasmine is crying and folding clothes up in the bedroom and having, success, <laughs> having successfully taken the argument, which started out as her being the wrong, one in the wrong and now she's mad at Gino because he said something dumb. So Gino, though, it, is at least starting to learn something. Like he's like, no, this is just another situation where I just need to give her time to cool off. So he stays away for a full 30 minutes. He sets a timer. 30 minutes goes off. He goes upstairs before meeting her in the bedroom. So he comes in and apologizes for upsetting her. And then she apologizes for accepting the money from Dane, even though she knew it was wrong. So he says that her talking to an ex hurts him, you know, no matter what she feels about it. So he would really like it if she did not have a relationship with him. So... It makes everything simple. Like nobody talks to any exes, level playing field, all that. So she understands and she agrees. So then she sends Dane a voice message explaining the situation. And it's like a weird voice message. The voice message is fine or whatever. It's kind of long. I, longer than I thought you could send a voice message. I, did, I thought there was a time limit on them. Right. Um, but um, Gina, she's just kind of like looking at Gino while she says the whole thing. She's like, well, you know, because of Gino and the exes. And it's very, very long. And, but – it's there. So then they play the happy music like the, oh, we've made up and everything's going to be fine. Now that they've both put their exes in their past and are like, oh, they're dead to us. I can't even remember his name. Ha, ha, ha. Okay. So that's where we – that's where things ended off with them. Like, so how many times are they going to replay this damn show? It's I the same know. every time. It is. And it, I think the ones where you start, like, see the entire cycle in an episode just makes it more infuriating, right? Yes, right, for so sure. So you're like, oh, you see them get really, really mad at each other, say, like, the most, like, hateful things that you would never want your right. partner to yeah, say to you. I wish I did have sex with that other man <laughs> that you thought I had sex with. Like, <laughs> just saying the most heinous, terrible things. And then somehow miraculously recovering from it and being in a place of love like that is the most infuriating thing that i ever see with their storyline i don't want to see all those things in one episode no it's it, i don't want to see all those things any at ever i'm not sure that i agree with you i would like if it's gonna happen let's just get this over with we all know what's what's gonna happen we all know when she starts screaming and hollering that they're gonna mm -hmm. make up it's gonna yeah. be dumb like so let's Let's not stretch that over three episodes because we all know what's coming anyway. Um, so, well, but I mean, every episode is like this, right? You yep. see, like a cycle, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's annoying. It's like, I think we've been saying this for like at least four or five episodes. Like, we just don't care about this couple, and it's because we see this entire cycle play out every episode, and it's just like, all right, I can make a prediction what's going to happen next week. They're going to have an argument about something. They're going to say ridiculous things to one another. And, and the thing is that the, even the ridiculous things aren't mm -hmm. unpredictably ridiculous things. Yeah. She's going to talk about I either did or wish I would have fucked this other guy. Dane specifically yeah. because yeah. he's way better in bed and has a bigger dick than you. Like that's what she's yeah. going to say, right? And yeah. 
like that's and and he's just gonna go like, well, are 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 you sure? I mean, maybe 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 it's your fault. Maybe 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 it was you. And right, that's it. And then and then it's gonna be just complete. Oh, like, I love you. Like out of it's pocket fine. screaming. And then yeah. yeah, and then just like oh, I don't know what it is. I just love him so much. And so and then they're gonna that's it. They cry. They kiss. They make up. And they're and they'll start the whole thing again next time. Yeah. Okay. Well, a couple that's starting to follow that pattern a little bit is Ashley and Manuel. So Ashley and Manuel are taking a trip to Niagara Falls, which makes Manuel very happy because he's always wanted to go there. While at the falls, Ashley and Manuel discuss their different views of money again for like the upteenth time. And Mm -hmm. Manuel insists that although he acknowledges that he needs to adapt to American culture, he doesn't want to adapt to (laughs) Ashley's way of spending money recklessly. Ashley doesn't think she spends all that much, but Manuel is thinking that she spends a lot. Ashley says that the only reason why she's spending so much right now is because they have a lot to do to get ready for this wedding. Manuel pulls the usual walking away from Ashley, like pissed off, doesn't want to talk to her. And then Ashley walks after him. Ashley wonders why he's throwing a bitch fit and she thinks that they should take a moment and they shouldn't be fighting. Manuel thinks that they should talk about money if they're trying to shouldn't talk about money if they're trying to keep the peace. Ashley is hoping that all the fighting is on the front end of their relationship and somehow magically after they get married, there will somehow be smooth sailing for the rest of their lives, even though they literally have never resolved anything. So Ashley talks to Manuel and says that she will always fight for their relationship and she wants reassurance that he will do the same. Manuel says that he will always be there in the good times and the bad. Manuel says that neither of them are right all the time, and they both just have to accept that. Manuel says that they are very different people, but communication is key, (laughs) says the man who keeps on walking away. (laughs) On a happy note, they grab their ponchos and get on a boat. Manuel is in awe over the scene. Manuel thanks Ashley for the surprise and hopes there are more surprises yet to come in their relationship. Ashley thinks the falls are magical and this is a magical experience and she's so happy to be there with Manuel. Ashley says and then goes into some spiel about how water is cleansing their relationship and giving them a fresh start. Ashley says she's going to start trusting Manuel. They both agree to fight for their relationship and get excited about getting married. All right. So I don't know. Like, why does Manuel like think? That him walking away is a form of communication if he claims that communication is the key for them to I, get through everything. I mean, I, I think he could be a little more clear in communicating that yeah. he walks away when it gets to the point where it's just like, we're just going to yell the same thing at each other for 20 mm-hmm. minutes and that's not really communicating. Um, we need to both cool off and I'm going to walk over here so we can cool off and have a more rational discussion because we're both emotional right now, right? Um, but – if you told Ashley you're being emotional, she's going to flip her shit, right? And yeah. You can't just – you can't tell her that, right? And that's part of the issue. I feel like that is that, man, she flips her shit a lot. Like yeah. he's not great at communicating and he shuts down. But mm-hmm. his greater point and the kind of way you did it, she brings up – he's just enjoying this – awesome scenery of this <laughs> world landmark that he's, you know, been desiring to see since he was a child, right? Yeah. And and so why she got to bring up, well, I feel like you need to adapt to American culture. Why would you bring that up right now? <laughs> like, well, that's weird. And he even plays along with it and just says, well, because the way I heard it, it wasn't even 
necessarily an attack on Ashley. She just took it that way. He was just like, yeah. well, I, can ex- I, I, I should adapt to American culture, but the one thing I don't want to be is somebody that just spends, 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 spends um, for stuff I don't need. That That's not a, yeah. a person I'm interested in being. And she's just like a hit dog will holler and it's just like, well, I'm spending things on the wedding. And it was like, hmm, I don't think he mentioned your name when he said people spend a lot of money. Like, and that was that, that's that, that's really a you thing. And then gets all bent out of shape about it and starts yelling. And I'm like, well, yeah. what are we doing here? Um, because part of a good communication is picking the right moment to communicate. Right. Right. Like it's not like, you know, imagine you're in an unfamiliar city and you're driving and you're trying to get directions Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, why haven't you proposed to me yet? And it's like, yeah, <laughs> why? <laughs> no, like, that's not going to be a good communication time. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it I just, just go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say these people should not be together. Like yeah, they, they, they just shouldn't. And it really frustrates me. Like, you know, Manuel, like whatever about his communication thing but it's like you're walking away is that really communicating and then on ashley's part the thing that i was just like why do you think that somehow all of these problems are going to be resolved because it's like they fight they have sex but they never resolve anything no so it's going to continue in the same way having the same cycle which is why i'm starting to like Shove them in the category of Gino and Jasmine. It's like we're seeing the same cycle play out every episode. Yeah, and yes, but I mean, the thing that bothered me about her was you're, you're, that that thing that like, well, oh, we'll just front loading. Like there's a like there's a finite number of arguments and rough patches yeah. for a relationship, and if we just front load them all and just get them all out of the way right now, then after that. Or like it's the sound barrier, right? Like when we, once we bust <laughs> through it, it'll all be smooth sailing. And it's like, no, right. that, that is not what happens. Relationships don't get easier as you go along. You might get more experienced at dealing with your conflicts and more in tune sure. with how to, you know, with what the other person really means when they say that. And so you're more efficient at breaking up the conflicts. But the relationships don't get easier. None of them yeah. do ever, never. Especially not the way they're doing it, right? Right. Like especially not when, learning anything. Especially when you're just like – but she's like, I hope we can get it all over right now, right? Which I, I kind of get. She's like, oh, we'll figure out all those all those problems we have, all those places we disagree. Let's just figure them all out right now. But they're not figuring them all out right now. They're pushing them down the road. And it's like oh, they're definitely be there the can. when you get down yeah. the road, right? And then she was very overly enthusiastic about the Maid of the Mist. Like it's yeah. – and it is neat. Have you ever been – Niagara. No, it's on my bucket list of things. I mean, it, it's neat. They take the boat. They take the boat right down to the bottom, right next to the falls. And it is really yeah. impressive and really neat. Is it like a giant spiritual like awakening moment? No. You're on a boat with a bunch of people in plastic ponchos. Like, it's like <laughs> yeah. it can only be so spiritual. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's hit up people trying to recreate things. Nikki and Igor. So things – obviously start off very tense with Nikki and Igor. So he tells us that he already had big plans for every day that Nikki was going to be here. So even things, th- even though things are very, very rocky right now, uh, it's horseback riding day. We got to go horseback <laughs> riding. So he says that Nikki is so jealous that – and I, some of the things he says – I'm going to say this before I say this. I don't understand what his point is. He's like, yeah. she's so jealous. Sometimes we have to take the mirrors and turn them around so I can't see myself. It's like, what? I'm very yeah. confused. Yeah. I just think sometimes like it's the translation 
Is that is yeah? Is that like a kind of a phrase in Moldova? Like and he's directly translating into English, and it's just like an idiom or something. And it's I, like, don't, I don't, know. don't know, but yeah, I agree. I was like, I don't know what you're trying to say. You just <laughs> right. vain, maybe. Like maybe it's just the. Um, well, I was like, are you just are you are you are you having sex with her and just looking at yourself in the mirror, being like, yeah, buddy. Uh, like, <laughs> I would be disturbed by that too if someone just only looking at themselves in the mirror while we were doing it. That would be weird. Oh, God. Um, so anyway. Um, anyway, then they're, they're in the car and they start fighting almost immediately. So she says that she came to Moldova for a reason and that reason wasn't to fight. Um, but the problem is that she's – but he says the big problem is – and he made absolutely no sense with anything he was saying in this entire car ride. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, the problem is you, you just fl- – Fly, fly, fly everywhere. Like he says he's in a salty mood because of how some things went this morning. But then we don't get a un- clear un- understanding of what happened this morning because Nick- Nikki was like, I got ready and we left. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but Igor keeps saying she needs, she was being very selfish. She needs to be more, more present. She has to be here. She can't be off everywhere. Um, none of it was making any sense to me until he reminds us that, um, you know, a couple episodes ago, his friend Ivan advised him that, oh, the way you're going to get this back is you be the man of the relationship. So I think he's just trying to find things to yell at Nikki about. That makes him the man. Like, I'm the captain now. Like, that's what I get. So he just keeps yelling about her to focus. He's like, you should focus here. Just focus here. She's very confused about what's going on, but she suspects that uh, he is expecting her to like wait on him. Like I think it was issues about him bringing her breakfast versus her bringing bringing him breakfast, and she wants to be more like a traditional woman, and that's not going to happen. So by the time we get to the horses, horses, Nikki tells us basically that she has no tears left to cry. So let's try to enjoy this at least. So Igor says they should just spend their focus here only on them and only on sweet things. So Nikki is. Surprised and kind of relieved to find out that the uh, writing instructor is speaks English, like English English. He's British. Yeah. Um, Igor had an idea that while they were uh, they're there this time, they could recreate a photo because years ago when uh, when Nikki was in Moldova, they did this horseback riding. So they want to try to like recreate the photo with different horses, same people. Uh, they end up you know riding a lot round, and I was very worried about Nikki's butt implants while she was riding the horse. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> just like waiting for something to pop or leak or something. Um, and they recreate the photo, but I don't think it actually looks remotely like the same picture. No. Like they're not in the same poses or positions or anything. Yeah, yeah, they're just two people on horses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they get off the horses and then go, and then she wants to have an emotional conversation with him. So she wants to find out if there really, she tells us she wants to find out if there really is love here because that's the only thing that matters. So he apologizes, just says, I'm sorry for things. He didn't exactly say what for. And she, he says he hopes he's, she still loves him. And she is like, okay, well, yeah, and puts his hand on her like hip, on her back and says, well, I'll always love you. And that's that, I guess. So she tells us in an interview that something just makes him feel like she's his soulmate and they're a perfect match and they can't do better than each other. And when we oh kind gosh. of end. So my question to you is, what the hell happened? Like, they, how did they make up? They didn't even – there's no communication, no resolution of literally anything. They were just like, yeah, all right, fine. <laughs> I'm confused by them because they're one where I feel like we only see 75% of the same cycle, right? It's like 
they always end where you're just like, oh, that just doesn't seem good for their relationship. Uh-huh. And then the next morning, it's like they're not like lovey-dovey or anything like that. But OK, they're not like in the same right. bad place they were before. And you're like, how did that happen? All no, right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I- so it's like a new starting point. And then through the day, they kind of eventually end up to OK. Just to have like another argument and then you're just like, ooh, things are bad and then it starts all over again. So I don't know how, you know, they're still together. And it's kind of funny because it's like they keep on saying or she keeps on saying like, oh, well, you know, this engagement party. And so I don't know. Is it is it that she's just trying to make it through this engagement party for show? But it's like no matter how bad it gets, she keeps on talking about the engagement party like it's going to happen or it could still happen. I mean, yeah. And I think the engagement party is supposed to be the day after this. So they just have to like yeah. power for the full more day. It just is is wild that at the end she's even telling us in interviews, well, you know, I just feel like he's my soulmate. I feel like he completes me. And I was like, you're absolutely miserable every time you're physically yeah. in his presence. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, what? What you, how you act and how you carry your body versus what you say when he's not around do not mm-hmm. match up at all. Oh, no, they don't. And did you notice she started calling him Igor in this episode or there are a couple times where she called him Igor and I was just like, ooh, is this like – Yeah, is that like, a middle, like, it's that like the middle name or is it the uh, – is that – I mean, I don't know if is that the you're in trouble, I'm mad at you, so I'm going to call right. you Igor or yeah. is it the no, I'm serious, Igor. Like I'm not joking around because he has a terrible – terrible sense of when she's joking and when it's okay to joke and when it's not right yeah um and i'm starting to wonder how much work done he had on his face too because sometimes because when he smiles sometimes i'm like ooh, that looks like very pained and like pulled back in a lot of directions (laughs) it does but like and i don't know how much how much of it is the the translation versus idioms Mm -hmm. we don't get and stuff but man i never know what the hell that guy is talking about ever yeah, he does seem to like try to put together like analogies or yes. you know and metaphors uh, and things. Metaphors, that I'm just like, and it just it doesn't land. You're like, what are yeah. you talking about? He's like, oh yeah, he's yeah, he's just like you know, love. Nikki is like you have rock in one hand and bird in other, and uh, then you put them both down, and um, <laughs> that is Nikki. And I'm like, well, what is that? I don't understand what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, but like, you're uh, like, but I feel like there's a story there. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah like, it's I'm just still weird. Not following you, man. Right, right. But I, I also think like his maybe like his the number of words he knows vocabulary wise might be pretty extensive. But I think his ability to kind of pull it together to have meaning, I think, is where it lies. Yeah, I mean, it just it sounds. All I can ever think of when he's doing that kind of stuff, it sounds to me like in Tommy Boy when he kept messing up the. You know, put the hands – you put – I put my cow up of hands ass and like what – like, like <laughs> the part where he keeps messing up his dad's like pithy saying and like people are just looking at him confused. Like every time that's – that's what I think of when Igor is talking. I'm like I think you missed part of that metaphor that made the, – that, that, that really drew the whole thing together. Well, I'm going to have to take your word for it because I have not seen that movie. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to uh, Sophie and Rob. So Claire, Sophie's mom, she's trying to convince her that if she stays with Rob, she won't have her voice heard and she'll lose herself like in a few months. Sophie is hoping that giving Rob space will help him to think. 
Sophie is also excited to give him space because that means she's staying in a nice hotel. Claire sees red flags with Rob's anger. Rob then seems to message Sophie out of the blue a video of a nice car saying this could be theirs. And Sophie and Claire just kind of see through this weird message. So Sophie thinks the only reason why he's reaching out is because he's nervous about, you know, what her mom is saying, like when they're alone. Sophie thinks he's panicking and he knows he's wrong because he's deflecting and distracting. And he does this when he knows he's wrong. Sophie says that she knows people make mistakes, but she really kind of wants an apology right now. If he doesn't, uh, he isn't taking responsibility or accountability for his actions or lack of actions. And Sophie wouldn't want to marry him. She admits she's been delusional and she pushes the negative realities out, but she says it's not looking good for her at the moment. Claire says she hopes it works out, but she doesn't think it will. Sophie hasn't heard from Rob in a while, so she's thinking he's just like wallowing. Sophie doesn't want to message him first because she thinks he should be the one to try and make things right. But he did message. He messaged the picture of the car. Oh, my God. Stupid. (laughs) Yeah, she's also okay with the space. Rob is at the laundromat because, as he says, he still needs to get stuff done. He's meeting with his friends, Ty and Tori. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize their names were so close together. (laughs) Uh, Rob admits things haven't been smooth. He says that Sophie is telling her mom all the negatives. The boys know how Rob gets, especially when Claire told Rob he wasn't a real man. Rob thinks that Sophie shouldn't be so eager to point out his flaws and jump on her mom's bandwagon. Ty asks Rob how he feels about getting married, and Rob says a four out of ten. Tarai thinks things should have been more solid since it's been three years. Rob said their situation feels different now, especially because Claire's there. Tarai thinks that Rob will get married, but he's just going to be miserable and suffer through it. Rob says that Sophie seems to think Rob is all in, but Rob says that he can change his mind all the way up into the wedding. So (sighs) just... These stupid little games, like, right, what you're saying, like, oh, I'm not going to reach out. Oh, well, he needs to reach out. Well, he did reach out, technically, with that stupid message oh, about a God. car saying, this could be ours. So when I was a kid, we were at, um, I was at the beach, and somebody, I don't know, they had something go on. They got a cut a cut or something, and they hurt themselves, and, and they, they went to the bedroom, and a bunch of people were in the bedroom, like, looking it out, trying to decide, ah, do you need to go to the emergency room or whatever? And I had no idea what was going on, right? I was like, but I knew everybody was in the room, and I wanted to find out what was going on with everybody in the room. So I, like, came up with an excuse, and I came in there with, like, a bag of chips, and I was like, does anybody want some chips? Right? <laughs> like, everybody's like, what the hell are you talking about, right? And I was, like, eight at the time. Rob did this. This picture is Rob's version of, does anybody want any chips? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm just going to make sure I put a voice out there. And, and no, I think it's, I think that's 100% true. Now he can say, mm. like, I did message you first. You didn't message me back. Balls in your court, right? Yeah. His way of kind of feeling things out without having to address, directly address what was going on and without having right. to embarrass himself, embarrass himself in his eyes by apologizing or doing anything. And yeah. just also does it in like, the stupidest way possible. Like, it's just like, because that's what, that's our problem with Rob. He's all dreams and no working toward those dreams at all. Like, sure. no action yeah. to get to those dreams. He has dreams. He uh, totally has dreams. 
Does yeah. he have a plan to get to them? Absolutely not. Does he want to work to get to them? Not really. Um, and so him just being like showing up, uh, like him sitting next to a Lamborghini being like, this could be ours. It's like, but it won't be because you won't get a job. Like, this oh, is God. Yeah, it is super frustrating because it's like he's sending a message that really can't be rejected, right? It's almost like he's scared of like her changing her mind and him being rejected. And so he's throwing something out there that's like, I don't know, just not in a way where it's just like this total off the wall, random message has nothing to do with their relationship or their argument or resolving anything. And I think it's just weirdly weird and safe. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's not going to be like, that's wrong. We're going to continue the fight. Like mm-hmm. whatever. It's just like, okay, this is a thing I can send and ne- say it. Can, and then I can say I sent it. Right. Yeah. Now, how did you feel about, because I feel like I had maybe the turning point. How do you feel about like Claire in this episode? Cause I kind of have feelings. About her. She's definitely overstepped her bounds. Yeah. But she really does not like Rob. And she's and a lot of the things she says are not wrong. I just man, she kind of annoys me. Right? Yeah. She's just kinda like I I feel like her entire thing is oh this oh 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 this oh oh what a knob. Oh like stop (laughs) doing that. Like stop just like just she's very condescending, right? Like Mm-hmm. saying things that don't need to be said, right? Right. I think right. you could – even I think you could do better, right? But like, yeah, just just going farther than she needs to go to express her different disapproval of this guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's it's it was just kind of – I don't know. I, I, I didn't like that. And then – I don't know. The thing is, is too is I'm also with this show, knowing what we know about this show, like – we're talking about things that we don't care about. Things don't hold water a lot. It's a common theme about, mm-hmm. about what we're talking about here. When he's like, oh, I don't know, I think it's like a 40% chance. No, you're getting married. They're getting married. Right. We know they're getting married. We know it's going to happen. So that kind of stuff is just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, but I think this is one of the fewer situations where she has support and arguably a better life back at home. Yeah. Right. And so it is kind of an interesting question, because what is the draw for her to stay in America? You know, she comes from a country where she can come to America anytime she wants, really. You know, some of these uh, partners are coming from countries where it's very difficult to get a visa just even to visit. Sure. And so it's kind of like, you know, but she could leave. She could come back if she wanted to later. It's, It's pretty easy for her so i don't think there's the same amount of risk um you know as the other uh partners and so i mean if i were to put my money on a situation where it's like all right this person is probably not going to get married and going to go back home i would probably put it on sophie because she's set up and like i said there's there's no appeal to like this american situation for her not really. I mean, and I don't. I mean, other than Rob. I mean, I also want Rob to more better to better articulate what he thinks the good parts are because mm-hmm. he's always like Claire's just gonna be talking to her about the bad parts. I'm like, what are the good parts? Because I feel right. like she gets to be with a hot guy is like number one on the list. Like that's what's good, right? <laughs> that's what's good about her the, her the relationship she's in. She gets to be with me, and I'm hot. So there we go. 
Like yeah. number two. I, I imagine a great for future for us. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah. But I mean, his definition of providing, I think, is what is the conflict really, right? For sure. Like he's like, well, you've got a roof over your head. You know, like you have Sometimes, food. unless you have to go to the bathroom and then you don't you have don't a roof have over your head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With that short little walk out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It, it's, it, it is, I don't know. It just, I would, I would get very annoyed with somebody who talked a lot for three years about how great things are going to be and yeah. they're not changing. Right. 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 Like the Lamborghini. It's like, mm-hmm. well, when is this going to happen? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Forget the Lamborghini, man. You can't even get a Honda. What are you talking right. about? Yeah. All right. So moving on, let's talk Clayton and Annalie. That's, I have a lot of, wow, man, I have a lot about this one. So we're My back gosh. in Kentucky with Clayton, Clayton looking at costumes for the guinea pigs. So oh, we're, gosh. we're down, we're getting down for them. They only have 10 days to get married at this point. And uh, things have been going much better, Clayton says, at least with him and Annalie since San Diego, which presumably means they've had sex again. So he's feeling stressed out about the wedding because most of the planning he feels is on his shoulders. So in the car with his mom, Violet, uh, he talks about the trip to San Diego. He says she, and she's like, well, it's nice that you get to travel, but also I have some grievances to air about Annalie being in the house. She doesn't say it like that, but you know, oh, I'm not saying you don't like her, but I don't have a problem with her, but she essentially has an issue with everything Annalie does, like having lights on or talking, Mm. or using dishes. Um, So Clayton tells us that in addition to that, Violet is frustrated that Annalie isn't speaking more English around the house and cooking more American meals for Clayton. So Clayton knows that Violet is a passive-aggressive person, and he also knows that between the cultural differences, Annalie doesn't see her being passive aggressive. <laughs> she, oh, it gosh. is lost on her receptors. Like it is not, does not come across as aggressive or as asking of anything like that. So Violet thinks that, you know, I think that maybe once a week, um, Annalie should make something American, like where are the cheeseburgers at? And she seems <laughs> a little offended that Annalie hasn't even asked her how to cook cheeseburgers. So what's not brought up at, at all in this conversation is why the hell Violet doesn't make the cheeseburgers if she wants to have cheeseburgers. Right. Um, so Violet says that Annalie isn't even asking Clayton what he wants and is always spending – and this is crazy to me. She says, you know, she always goes in there and spends like two hours, but oh, it's always chicken, chicken, chicken. She's complaining about someone who spends two hours a day cooking for them. But yeah. it's always chicken. So, I mean, lame. Uh, I think you're doing it wrong if you're spending two hours cooking chicken. Yeah, well, I assume there's other things that go with the chicken that she does not <laughs> yeah. care about. She just like, uh, you know, I could I could see an intense like vegetable dish and all of this stuff. Like Peruvian food is awesome, by the way, mm-hmm. right? And like just all these amazing sides. And she's just like, well, it's just chicken. Like, where's the beef? Literally, <laughs> literally was like, where's the beef? Um, yeah. Anyway, so – uh, Clayton was hoping that they that he, that Violet and Annalie would have more patience with each other for his sake and hopes they aren't making little digs at each other. But Violet's like, I'm not making digs. How can I even make digs at her? She's not even – she's always speaking Spanish. I don't understand me, which I will point out is a dig. Yeah. So Clayton tells her that uh, he's perceiving that Violet is being paranoid that everybody is talking about her all the time when they're speaking Spanish. And uh, he says that uh, – he says that's not true, but she's like, I think it is because I think – I might as well move out because I think you're about to kick me out. It's like, 
Jeez. So then a whole <laughs> week goes by. Now we're down to three days before the wedding. And uh, everybody's packing up. So Annalie says that they're everybody is just feeding off each other's stress, right? So Clayton is very stressed about the planning of the wedding. Annalie's stressed about the upcoming wedding. And she's nagging about all the stuff that uh, needs still needs to happen, even though it's the last minute, like finding an officiant, which Clayton doesn't worry about because he checked out Indiana Law and they can get anybody to do that. So whatever, last minute, we can wait for that. <laughs> so for makeup uh, – and she's like, well, what about my makeup artist? And he's like, well, well I got to hear from Brandy. Maybe Brandy can do it. And she's like, no, it's a wedding. I need a makeup professional makeup person. <laughs> um, anyway, so – and she feels bad because I – mean, I mean he feels like – she feels like it's stuff he should have planned out. And she feel he feels like I wish you could have helped with this, but you don't speak any English. So you couldn't call anybody. So Violet's in the other room talking about – how she feels some kind of way because, you know, I just keep hearing all these arguments in Spanish. So Clayton comes out to the living room to find his EpiPens and that gives him a minute to talk to his mom. So he expresses frustration that Annalie can't help because of her limited English and that's when Violet throws out the, um, I don't even think she wants to learn English. Mm. So even though, and she even says, she even like says that might come off as a little bit racist. You think? Um, <laughs> So Annalie doesn't like when they talk about her in English because she kind of knows just enough English to get the gist of what they're saying and knows mm. it's not good. So um, she comes out to let them know that like, hey, guys, I can hear you and I kind of understand what you're saying. Uh, so Clayton tells her that it would have been nice if she spoke English and could help out with the calls. And she basically is like, I would have loved to help with things with the wedding. If you showed me your to-do list and your list of things you had planned and the list of things you had done um, – I would have, I, you know, tell me what was actually needed and I could have helped even if I don't speak it. You know, the stuff that doesn't require speaking English to do. So um, both of them are just kind of falling into the, it's not my fault. Don't, don't blame me. I'm, I'm not in the wrong here. Clayton thinks it's frustrating because, oh, this was awful too. You know, he just has a logical mind, not like the stupid emotional mind that his little like, woman has, you know. And he, she's always not making sense and somehow it's uh. always his fault. Oh, I know that was infuriating. Yeah. Um, oh, and and that's and that makes her that makes her good at gaslighting him. Is what she oh, is God. what he said. Oof. Oh. Um. So anyway, um, now they have to get in a two-hour car ride together. So that's going to be fun. So they pack up the too many things, including his guinea pigs, into the small car. They're driving to get married in Indiana, and Violet is not going with. She's staying in the apartment. So Annalie is still uncomfortable about Clayton and his mom arguing about her in front of him. In front of her, sorry. So on the ride, she asks if they've been taught what they were talking about. And he was like, you know, kind of saying the same thing. Oh, I wish you would have spoke more English and made some phone calls. But Annalie thinks it's silly of Violet to think that uh, she would have been able to learn English in three months. Because if the tables were turned, there's no way Violet would speak any Spanish at all after three she's months. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. <laughs> so either way, uh, she's going to try to turn her focus to the wedding, which is still, again, not completely nailed down plan-wise. So they finally get to the Airbnb in Indiana, which has an – it's a house with an indoor pool. And he said he's never seen that. That was neat. But mm -hmm. after they're there, Brandy comes by. So as their, you know, pseudo-wedding planner. So she knows that Clayton had tried to plan things out, but doesn't think that anything actually got planned. So Brandy starts going through her list of things that they asked her for. Number one on the list was a llama or alpaca, which she failed to obtain, which is disappointing <laughs> to Adelaide. 
So for decor, there's decorations. They're like, I don't know, plates and flowers, I guess. I don't know. And she asked, what about the officiant? And he was like, again, we don't need – we'll just pick somebody out of the crowd and be <laughs> the officiant. <laughs> to which Brandy tells us, she's like, I will pretend I have diarrhea. I am not doing that. <laughs> um, so – and then Annalie has one more question. What about this bachelorette party? So Brandy thinks that they'll just have some people over and have some sna- snacks and a fire in the back. And Annalie seems disappointed because she really wanted a stripper. But yeah. Brandy heavily hints that there's going to be a stripper at the party. She <laughs> want to say it in front of Clayton. So she'll definitely enjoy it. All right. So my goodness, this is this in the running for like worst planned wedding we've had yeah. on the show? I don't know why in the world Clayton just decided out of the blue one day that Brandy was going to be in charge of everything just because – Brandy's been married three times, so therefore she is personally responsible for all weddings in her orbit. Yes, she knows how to get a wedding done. She's got – she knows what's on the list. Like – and I can see because of that, like asking her for advice, what do we yeah, need? Like what are the things we're going to need to do? he has put this on her and it's like what world? Yeah. I feel like he put it on – he put some of it on her and then kept some of it for himself and then didn't do the stuff he kept for himself and then – Took it out on Annalie because she couldn't call. He had to do all the calling and it was like – it was it was for such a logical mind that he has, God. it didn't make a lot of logical sense. No, it doesn't. It, like none of this makes sense. But I don't know. I feel like we're getting a glimpse into like living with Clayton, right? Like yeah. I feel like he just lives his entire life kind of like that. And – I don't know. That's fine if it's just you, but Annalie's not down for your version of planning. So you have well, to be it, better. Yeah. His version of planning means he has a best friend that he has never seen in 10 years. Yeah. Right. Well, That's his they, version he of hasn't planning. Ever, yeah. He right. hasn't ever gotten his off his ass to like plan a visit. Right. Exactly. Like or invite him or think of anything. He's just going to be – he's just going to – I really do get the impression that – his thing is, I, and, and if I'm Annalie, I'm very frustrated. It's like, mm-hmm. have you booked a wedding fishing yet? No. It's like, then why did you spend eight hours playing a video game after work? Like, that seems like you could have taken 15 minutes and nailed that down. Like, it's any yeah. point during the day. Like, that would have been cool. I honestly don't know what she really sees in this guy. <sighs> I don't either. Like, I get, I mean, if you kind of have that. If you have a weird endearment for, you know, guys who make goofy jokes and are kind of silly and something, but not like real silly, just like, yeah. oh, like a little nerdy. I could see some people being into that. She I don't does think not it's seem ton, into that. <laughs> but I don't know. We've seen. I don't know. She does not seem into it. I mean, and as bad as Clayton was, you know, who's harder to live with is Violet. Like, oh, God, I know. Like yeah, she, she seems like, oh, God, real nightmare. But at least he seems open to, like, kicking her out, right? I've Like, for example, Colt. Colt mm-hmm. is like, oh, no, we can't hurt poor Debbie's feelings. There's no way that we could kick her out. I mean, at least Clayton is like, okay, moms, time time for you to go. Yeah, I mean, I guess I get that. that's what's coming up a lot in the comparisons is, is, is Violet worse than Debbie. And I feel like she might be because I feel like – you know, Debbie did stuff. You know, Violet's sitting here like before mm. they came, they had to clean out the entire house. You could right. not see a counter. You could not see a, a thing. And now that Annalise here, she's like, I don't know. There's a lot of dishes around. Like, 
well, these dishes need cleaned up. And it's like, you, have, you haven't washed a dish in 20 years and you live in a <laughs> closet. Like, and you're going to talk yeah. about her the, after the person who, again, took two hours to cook for you. Right. Didn't clean up the dishes fast enough also. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. There's Clayton and Colton. They're like. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, cut from the same cloth a little bit. Right. But the, and the thing is, is, I think what you haven't had yet is you haven't had. Well, first of all, we go to the back to the beginning of Colt. Annalie is no Larissa, right? No, she definitely is not. Not and even a little bit. Not even a little bit. So it's not going to be – it's already not going to be as confrontational. Right. But, right. Um, but that means because Larissa directly went after Debbie. Your mom sucks. Like we need to get yeah. rid of her. And Annalie is more like hinting about like – wouldn't it be nice to have more space and right. not be stepping on each other's toes all the time? Oh, yeah. Like, but you, you know, know if if Violet was in a Larissa situation, oh, gosh. Oh, man. It would be just as bad as her and Debbie. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're just lucky that that whole situation isn't a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right. So still have not seen Nick and Devin just because they're married off and we don't think yeah, they're going to be back. I expect to see them in like the last the episode. The tell-all. Yeah. yeah. I think we'll have like one throwaway scene in like the last episode to be like, oh, yeah, they were in the season. They were in the show yeah. before they go to the tell-all. Right, yeah. right. So uh, who was your student of the week? Uh, I mean, as much as she mistranslated, I said Citra um, mm -hmm. because – I also kind of feel like that, like she had something that she wanted Sam to do, right? Yeah. And so she was like, do it now. Yeah. <laughs> like, which, right now, we're going to do it right now. Let's go. Yeah. Like, yeah. I went with Citra too for the exact same reason because she was like, okay, so we're going to tell dad about the drug diversion program. And how many partners have we seen kind of back up their other partner because they're fearful to tell bad news? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I think Citra is at least smart enough to know that. When you delay the bad news, that right. makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting... yeah. Uh, what about your dunce? Uh, I said Jasmine. Just – it was dumb. Like it was a dumb thing to get that that worked up about. It's again that same movie we've seen a thousand times. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, like nothing. Nothing is different. Like so all, all this, you know, Tempest in a teapot for like nothing. Yeah. Um, I went with Rob. Like, Always a good you know, choice. <laughs> yeah, Rob just like with his dumb reach out with his, oh, I don't know if I'm going to marry her, you know, like um, I reached out. Now it's her turn, you know, just yeah. all of that. It's just like, oh, my gosh, Rob. And the thing is, is that, you know, yeah, I very easily could have said Sophie's playing the same games. But at the same time, Rob's like 10 years older than her. He should know better, but he doesn't. Yeah. It should, yeah. It's sh that I do forget that she is in her early twenties, like she's very in early twenties, like she's twenty game playing age, yeah. right? And he should he should know better, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, uh, what about your life lesson? Uh, you might have been able to tell that I was angry about it, but <laughs> if somebody else is cooking for you, you don't get to pick what they make. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, if, you, if you want, yeah, make your own something, food. Then make it yourself. It's right. not that hard. You're an adult. Make it yourself if that's what you want. Yeah. Uh, with that same group, uh, my life lesson is you can't expect other people to do the same job you would actually pay someone to do for free. 
can't just yeah. expect Brandy to be their wedding planner. You ain't paying her. No, you're not. You're not because the wedding planner. Yeah, if you. I mean, even if you wanted to, just because she's there, you can't. Yeah, right. It's, yeah. I don't even know where this wedding is supposed to be. He literally was like, oh, we'll just pick somebody out of the crowd and have a bit. Well, apparently now it has to be Indiana. Yeah. Well, it has to be Indiana. I'm just having done it. The wedding officiant thing. The idea that somebody would just pull you out and be like, uh, read this. That's that. That's <laughs> frightening. Like that is not something people are going to do, man. Yeah. I mean, I do it, but that's me. <laughs> I'm, I I wouldn't not do it, but like I also know that we're both teachers. And yes, most people and I was like, gonna say that fear of public speaking. Up, yeah, how do you stand up in front of a room of teenagers and speak? I don't understand. Most people right. are so scared of teachers; it's wild. Like, yeah. These teenagers are gonna roast me. I can't. No. Yeah, right. They're not even looking at you. They're trying to <laughs> pay attention to something else, like a device of some kind, usually. Fair. So, yes. yeah, you don't have to worry so much about that these days. All right, uh, so we will be back with this same group uh, next week. It seems like uh, we're moving towards weddings, but yeah, I don't even I think see, we have a see, wedding. I don't yeah. think we, we don't, but Clayton, because well, we're going to have bachelorette party next week yeah. for Clayton. And then I think the wedding's probably right after that. It's like, it only had three days, right? Right, But I right. feel like they gave us, like Ashley and Manuel, they gave us our final like turn into, everything's fine now. They yelled at the bottom of the waterfall, and now they're headed toward wedding and not toward might they break <laughs> up, you know? Yeah. Then who knows about Nikki and Igor? Yeah, they still, again, they're still not, not even in, in America. The country. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So, uh, but we'll be back with the same group next week. Yes, we will. All right. See okay, everybody then. Until then. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.